The views and opinions reflected in any of the stories narrated are solely those of the story contributor and are not necessarily that of the Nightmare Society. This podcast features adult content, so listener discretion is highly advised. And if you or anyone you know is struggling, help is available. Please see the resources in the show notes. Hello again, Nightmare Society, and welcome to another episode of True Horror Stories. I think we can all agree there are a lot of creeps out there, and odds are we run into one every once in a while. But what happens when we do? Don't forget Nightmare Society is available wherever you get your podcasts, so please make sure to follow or subscribe so you can get episode notifications, and uh, please head over to YouTube and give us a like and a follow there if you don't mind. We would uh, greatly appreciate it. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. This first story does mention the death of a wild animal. For context, I lived in the middle of nowhere, Canada. It was an old town that had quite a few abandoned buildings due to absence of residents. Me and my friends were tired of the lack of entertainment options for us, so what we did was explore these abandoned buildings. Prior to the experience I am about to talk about, we never had anything too crazy happen to us. Occasionally, we would see a small bit of blood-like liquid and see a pentagram on the ground from someone who went to a house previously, but really nothing too bad. Until the last time I had gone exploring abandoned buildings. When I was younger, I used to go to a daycare that was part of a mental hospital. Weird combination, I know. It closed down due to a lack of patience and lack of children at the daycare. I decided to go back there with my friends a few years ago. For context, I was 15 when this happened. Most of my friends were the same age. When we did get there, it was rather cliche. There was fog, it was rather dark, and there was a light drizzle of rain. We went to the main gate, which was padlocked shut. We decided to help each other hop over it and made a ton of noise. We were laughing and giggling the whole time, unsuspecting of what was to come. We looked around the small play place and park with flashlights we had on us. Even with our somewhat powerful flashlights, our visibility was rather limited. We decided to enter the decaying building. Glass and dirt crunched under our feet as we stepped into the daycare section of the complex. There were old Legos, wood chips from previous furniture, old torn-up dolls and toys strewn about. The further we walked around the daycare section, we naturally became more and more silent, until all we could hear was the crunch of the dirt under our feet. I found some crayons in a plastic container in the corner of the room. I walked over to pick them up, when all of a sudden, 
We heard a loud crash coming from behind a metal door leading to the psych ward. My friends and I all looked at each other. As a whole, we were a group of five. Most of them were very bold and cocky. We all looked at each other when my friend Brian suggested we go and look to see where the sound came from. Personally, I was not fond of the idea, but with my group of friends there was no way anyone was going to decline such a thing. We all stacked up on the door and opened it. It was rusted to the floor and we heaved to get it open. As we walked in, the metallic smells and must became stronger, with a hint of something else which I couldn't put my finger on at that moment. We walked in, our flashlights pointed in every direction, with Brian leading the group. The hallways were tight, and to the left and right were the occasional metal doorway, some with doors open. I felt slightly claustrophobic, and it felt a little hard to breathe. As we continued, Brian shone his flashlight into a room and recoiled. We all stopped walking as Brian slowly entered the room. What is it? I asked. I thought I saw someone in here. I think it's all fine though. To be honest, I thought he was just messing with us to increase our anxiety. But looking back, I think he was completely honest. He backed out of the room and we continued walking deeper into the psych ward when another friend swiftly told us to stop. We came to a halt and all listened. In the distance ahead of us, we heard the subtle pitter-patter of footsteps echo through the hallway. We all looked at each other, fear in each of our eyes. Brian continued walking toward the sounds. We considered turning back for a second without Brian, wondering if some ghost or something was in the building but we couldn't do that to him. The closer we got, the more I felt like I was being watched. When finally we entered a room on the right, which had the smell of rotting meat, in front of us was a dead deer. Its innards were spilled all over the floor, staining the concrete. A friend of mine had a very weak stomach and vomited all over the floor. That's when we heard whispering from somewhere. Brian shone his flashlight to the corner of the room where a man with short hair was standing with his head down. He wore a bright green t-shirt stained with what I assume was blood and torn beige pants. He didn't have any socks and his feet seemed damaged. He was twitching sporadically and continued to mumble even after we saw him. We stared at him for a solid 30 seconds before he made his first true movement. He looked up at us with a haunting grin that sent shivers down our spine. You guys are here for the feast. He said each word with varying inflection and energy. This kicked us over the edge and we bolted out of that room all the way back to the daycare center. The door was still open and we decided to try and slam it shut but the rust and pure weight of the door almost kept it open. It took three of us pulling with all of our strength to close it, and just before we did, I could still see the silhouette of the man watching us, his white teeth being the only other human feature I could see. As we sat behind the metal door catching our breath for a second, all looking at each other for confirmation that we all saw the same thing, 
After a little bit of labored breathing from each of us, we heard a light tapping on the door. That's when we decided that it was time to leave. We booked it out of the vicinity completely and ran home. A year after we visited that spot, police went back to do a routine search of the area and found the man. It was stated that this guy used to go to the psych ward before it closed down. He escaped the facility he was transferred to and lived off the wildlife around the complex. When the cops brought him in, he had a series of diseases and sickness from eating raw meat. His mental condition, though, was much worse than before. There were future rumors that he did kill someone in the forest while searching for food, but nothing has been confirmed. So, creepy dude, let's not meet. There is a Google Maps link in the show notes that the um, user provided to show exactly where they were talking about. Pretty interesting stuff. My childhood best friend Marie and I were around 11 or 12 years old at the time. Marie's family had their own campsite in a provincial park about two hours from our hometown and would spend the entire summer each year living in their camper out there. This particular summer I was able to go and stay with them for a week and we were excited to spend our time adventuring around the forest. On the last night that I was there, We decided we wanted to hurry down to the ice cream shop by the lake before it closed. It was early evening at this point, still pretty bright out, but beginning to lose light. The path we took was down a short slope right next to the main road with maybe 10 feet of thick brush and trees in between. On the other side was the forest with more tall thick brush. So we were walking along, not seeing a single other person on the path in front of or behind us. We hear a sudden rustling and snapping of branches, similar to the sound of maybe a deer moving through the woods. I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but then the sound of running footsteps follows. Marie glances back and suddenly grabs my arm, urging me under her breath not to look back. At the same time, the running stops. I don't know why I didn't ignore her and get a look myself. I guess I could sense the very real fear in her voice and chose to listen. We both started to panic, getting that feeling like when you're running up the stairs after turning the basement light off. We pick up speed as much as we can without breaking into a sprint, knowing the ice cream shop is only about a minute walk away at this point. The path soon breaks and we're in the parking lot. Suddenly, Marie steers me hard to the left heading towards the lake and the boat rental instead of continuing straight to the ice cream shop, and I go along with it silently. Understanding ice cream is no longer an interest right now. Marie is clearly panicking at this point. We're both looking around, but it seems like whatever scared her is nowhere in sight at this point. Marie walks up to the boat rental and gets us a kayak, and we climb in and begin to paddle out in the middle of the lake. As we paddle, she tells me that there was a man behind us, and that the man had stopped running at us very abruptly upon making eye contact with her. He had been wearing a long black coat, with the hood up despite it being the middle of July, had a terrible smirk on his face, and she swore that as he stopped running, she saw him put something shiny away in his coat. He appeared to have emerged out of the bushes after we walked past, given the sounds we heard right before he came running onto the path. 
We reach the center of the lake and stop paddling. I pull out my Nokia brick phone that my parents had, thank God, given me just in case. I hand it to Marie and tell her to call her parents to come pick us up. As the phone rings, I see her look out past me to the shore and go pale, lifting a hand to point at what she's seeing. I turn and there was the man, stalking his way around the path that circled the edge of the lake, staring at us. We sat in the middle of the lake and watched him do two full laps, never looking away from us, before finally disappearing. It took a few tries to get a hold of her family. We were freaking out so bad the whole time, as the sun got lower and lower. We did manage to have someone come with the truck, but by the time we reached the shore, it was pretty dark outside. I don't know what we would have done if we hadn't been able to call for a ride. Looking back, I don't know why we didn't just go up to the ice cream shop, inform an adult there, and ask her parents to come get us then. But it worked out. We got back safe and thankfully never saw the man again. This happened a few weeks ago. I'm a huge fan of hiking or just simply taking walks in the woods. The only time I go alone is when I'm in the woods I live near. This day, I was not. I was with my friend Lars in a walk about three hours from my house. We were planning on traveling around and staying at motels in the meantime. That day, we decided to take a walk in a popular area for people who like to walk in the woods like me. The catch was that this woods was freaking huge. Not really bad to us, though. We were thrilled. There wasn't much. It was pretty. We escaped the crowd, but every now and then we would see someone walk by. We walked for a while until we got to this spot. Not too different from the rest, except for one thing. Nobody else was around in this section. That's why me and Lars took this turn. The other turn had quite a bit of people. After a while of walking down this path, we spotted a man. A naked man. We gave each other the look and turned around. The man was slightly off path, bent over and looking at something. As me and Lars were walking back, talking about the strange man, I heard a voice behind me. I turned to see the man. He was talking to us about the bug he picked up. I got a good look at him. He was a bit tall. Nothing crazy. Bald with a few brown hairs beginning to grow. But completely naked. I flashed the man a smile and sped up. We got out of that place as fast as we could. Once we got to the car, we kind of laughed. Yes, it was creepy, but more weirdly funny. The car ride was nothing, so skip to the motel. As we are checking in the motel, we see the man walk in. He was a bit hard to recognize considering the fact that he now had clothes on, just torn up close. He waited behind us in line. Good thing we were almost done checking in because as soon as we did, we went right to our room and locked it with no thought. Now it was definitely creepy. 
Was he following us, or was it just a coincidence? We both decided we weren't going to stay at this hotel for more than a night. Heck, I don't want to stay for one night if it weren't for Lars telling me it's okay. That night, Lars wanted to go outside for a cigarette. I don't smoke, but no way was I going to stay in this room alone. I followed him outside, and we chatted for a bit. After a few minutes, I see the guy walk out of the doors. Lars put out his cigarette and began to walk inside. But before we got in the doors, the guy pulled out what was probably a knife, or something else sharp. It was dark, I could barely see, and started carving through his sleeve and right into his arm. I saw liquid trickling to the ground and immediately knew it was blood. I rushed into the lobby and Lars got the idea and followed. We alerted the staff, but by the time they got someone to come out, he was gone. To this day, I still have so many questions. Did he follow us? Why was he naked? Why was he doing that to himself? I'll probably never know the answer, but honestly, I'm still spooked. I don't know what I would do if I saw him again, but I hope I don't have to think about that. This happened probably five or six years ago. I think I was 18 at the time. For starters, I lived in a city where neighborhoods and forests kind of blend together. There are plenty of wooded areas where people go to have bonfires and parties. One night after discovering that all of our usual spots were crowded with people, I suggested we go to a spot that I had been to a few times nearby. I had been there multiple times, but only during the day. The street where we park is maybe 200 feet from the tree line. It's your average middle-class neighborhood. Nothing crazy is really known to happen there. So we walk in, start a bonfire, and we're all having a good time. Some of us are drinking and smoking a bit, myself included. About 45 minutes pass and I'm a little intoxicated, but nothing major. And over the sound of our quiet music and my friends talking, I hear something odd. I can't make out what it is, so I figure maybe I'm just hearing things. Maybe another ten minutes go by, and I hear it again. A little better this time. It still sounds relatively far away, but it sounds like Velcro tearing. I stop and just kind of sit there trying to listen, while my friends carry away laughing and talking. They haven't seemed to notice, and that's when I hear a sound that I was very familiar with. A zapping noise, like you hear from a taser. Very brief, but unmistakable. My stomach drops and I started looking around a little frantically. My girlfriend at the time was the first to notice my distress. She asks me what's wrong and I explain, and she immediately starts worrying. She gets my friends to quiet down and we all just sit there and listen for a bit. And then we all hear it. An electric zap. Brief again, but we all know that sound. We all start panicking a bit and we quickly put out the fire while asking each other what the heck that was. Or where exactly it was coming from. 
we're all scared to walk out. It's only maybe a five minute walk to the street, but it's dark. We all muster the courage to finally walk the path out, and we don't run into anyone. We finally get to the street and start walking to our cars, nervously laughing and relishing being under street lamps again. I see him first. He's walking towards us, not at us, just walking in the direction we just came from, slightly to the right of us. He's holding a stick of some sort. It scared me at first, but for a brief second I calmed myself. It was a pretty safe neighborhood that I knew really well, and it was really common to see people out walking at night. But then I noticed he's looking right at us. That stare is burned into my mind. We pass each other. My friends and I are all silent as we're having this stare down with this random man. And that's when it happened. He doesn't break eye contact, holds up the pole, and smiles this creepy freaking smile. His eyes are open so wide. The end of the stick lights up bright and that same zapping sound happens again. Much louder this time. He's holding a freaking cattle prod. We live in a city. No farmland nearby. No reason to have a cattle prod. My friends and I are silently crapping ourselves as he walks past us, maybe 20 feet away, and goes straight into the woods without a flashlight or anything. We all promptly got into our cars and peeled out of there and never went back to that spot. Back in 2013, I had just started an education, and after the first school period, I had to go out and find an internship to be able to progress. But at the time, it proved to be almost impossible to get one. So while I was looking, I decided to take another job, just to make sure we had food on the table. After searching for a while, I found out a friend of my fiancé's family had his own handicap bus company a kind of taxi service for wheelchair users or otherwise disabled people, and he needed someone to cover the night shift, since it was a bus that had to be on call at least 22 hours a day. Seeing that I'm quite the night owl, I immediately told him that I'd be happy to take the job, and after I got the needed license, I was hired. The job was pretty basic, pick up people and drop them off where they needed to go, and sometimes use the machine to get wheelchairs up or down some stairs, and when there was no trips, I drove to a designated area and did whatever while waiting. I quickly found a truck stop in the area where I could park and catch some Z's while waiting. There was a gas station where I could buy coffee in the early hours of the shift, and on the other side of the gas station's parking lot on the opposite side of the truck stop, there was a rundown restaurant with a motel connected to it, to not disturb the sleeping truckers if I got a trip in the middle of the night, I usually parked on the restaurant side. After parking there every night for a while, I noticed one particular room had a lot of people come and go, 
In the beginning, I thought nothing of it. But then one night in the end of summer, while I was half asleep with the windows slightly open, I suddenly heard yelling coming from the motel, and a dude came tumbling out of the room and started running, and a few seconds later, a big dude came running after him with something in his hand. I couldn't make out what it was. I thought that it was none of my business and went back to half-sleeping and waiting. Not much time passed and my phone went off. I had a trip an hour's drive away, so I turned on the bus and was leaving the parking lot when I saw the big guy coming around the corner. The rest of the night I had back-to-back trips, so I didn't park until I got home. The day after, I didn't get a return to home zone until 2 or 3 a.m., When I arrived at the parking lot, the area where I used to park had fist-sized rocks strewn all over the place. Not connecting the dots at the time, I just parked a few spots over and started waiting. I fell asleep pretty fast, but was jerked back into reality when a car right in front of my bus honked its horn, flashed the high beams, and revved its engine. I thought it was just some idiot who noticed me sleeping and found it funny, trying to make me crap myself. So I jumped out of the bus, about to tell him to screw off. But instead of driving off or stopping, the driver made the start-brake thing with the car indicating that I was the one who should screw off. And then I connected the dots. Not wanting to seem like a pushover, I stood still and stared at the car. Not that I could actually see anything with the high beams almost blinding me. And after what seemed like a really long time, but must have not been more than 30 seconds, the car drove off. After that, I decided to park near the trucks from then on. A month or so passed and nothing had happened since the car episode, and I figured that nothing more would if I just kept parking by the trucks. Then one night, I had a long 12-hour shift on a Sunday, 6 to 6, and I didn't have time to eat dinner before work that day. And during the first half of my shift, I had back-to-back trips with no time to eat. So when I got a return to home zone, I quickly parked in the far end of the almost empty truck stop and got ready to eat my now very late dinner that my fiancé packed for me. I wanted to watch some TV on my phone while eating, so I sat with my back against the driver's side door and got comfy. While turning my back to the door, I had accidentally hit the door lock with my elbow, but that was my luck. As I was sitting there scrolling Netflix on my phone, I suddenly felt the bus rock, and I heard the clack of the door handle behind me smack back into position. I quickly turned and saw a dude with a hood over his head quickly crouching and proceeding to lay down on the ground and crawling under the bus with a big freaking kitchen knife in his right hand. I quickly got up and made sure the other two doors were locked, and then I looked in all directions to see if I could spot him. He was still under the bus, and I was sure as heck not jumping out this time since the knife made his intentions pretty clear. I turned on the engine, turned on the spots on the back of the bus, and looked around to see if it had scared him off, and lucky for me it did. I saw him run off and run into a bushy, woody area at the end of the truck stop, I never parked at that truck stop again after that night, and I made sure all doors were locked every time I was parked.
don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast. Check us out over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, go give our YouTube a like and a follow. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time. (laughs) 